Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Jimmy Leach. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Leach CFL. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor Curry SK. And I'm Carter Kennington. You can follow me on Instagram at Carter Kennington and on Twitter at CJK underscore Carter. Awesome. Now, if you want to listen to the podcast, we are available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. You can follow the show at True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter, and True North Canadian Football Podcast on Facebook. So let's jump into the news here. So rather than making Edmonton forfeit uh, the game versus Toronto, they rescheduled it. So what do you guys think about that? Them kind of bending over backwards to make this work for Edmonton versus just giving them the L. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Like you did the crime, get your punishment, and move on. But this seems ridiculous because doesn't Edmonton play three games in the span of seven days now, or something yeah. like that? Like it's, it's something ridiculous. Yeah, like I that's... hope they lose all of them. Well, they probably like they're gonna get injured. Like that's not safe. So like that I don't get. Good, though. Yeah, like I don't get how they're allowing it. So remember I'm, I'm the confused. PA signed off on it too. Yeah, and that's like I, I don't get it. So like I, oh. The league, they like they like to talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk when it comes time time to do that. Yeah, I mean, I saw on Twitter, I forget who tweeted it, but somebody said, like, if you really wanted to show that you mean business when it comes to COVID, then force Edmonton to take the loss on it. And that's just, yeah, it makes the most sense. It's what they should have done. Well, what happened was basically, rather than the league doing what they said they would do, where if a team forced a reschedule and they'd forfeit the game, they instead dumped the decision on the PA and said, hey, would you rather do this or would you rather re- reschedule this and your players make money? And obviously, players union is going to be like, okay, but, well, we want our, our members to make, to make money. money. Yeah. So they went with that. So it just, for me, it kind of confirms what I suspected with the BC situation. That the CFL is kind of all bark and no bite when it comes to these new policies. Yep. And it's not even new. It's not even a new thing with the CFL. Just like, think about 2019 and like, I don't know if it was 2019 or their 2020 salaries or whatever, where they were over the cap and the league was just like, you know what? You're good. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, I didn't make them forfeit draft picks or anything like that, which CFL is a soft cap league, which means... If you go over a certain amount, you have to pay a luxury tax. Plus, uh, at a certain amount, you start losing draft picks. And they didn't, you know, have to do the luxury tax or lose draft picks, which is really weird. Yeah, exactly. And then let's jump into our next story. Nick Arbuckle will start again against Hamilton. Good or bad decision here for Toronto? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's probably the right call not like not to pull him right away. I am Team McLeod Bethel-Thompson, so I hope he gets back in there, but uh, he does come in good as a reliever, so maybe Nick will have a bad game and he'll come in and get his starting job back. Um, yeah, I think you can't, because this is only going to be um, Arbuckle's second or third start. Uh, of the season, this is probably yeah. going to be his second or third, yeah. Sure. yeah. So it's like, you can't have... So either way, if it's second or third, now that we're going into week six, 
you can't have him play for less time than MBT and then be like, and then give MBT his job back. I don't think that's fair to Arbuckle. You're not giving him the, you know, the same sort of attention. So, no, I think it's smart. Like, I think just as like a organizational standpoint, it makes sense to keep him as the starter. Yeah, for me, I just, I'm sticking with Arbuckle because A, he's the younger guy and probably the guy who's going to stick around with your organization longer. Isn't so that wild? Yeah, Arbuckle, I think he's only 26. McLeod Bethel Thompson was around the NFL for a while, so that's why he's like 30-something. Oh. But, yeah, for me, I just, I feel like he's the guy who's going to be with your organization the longest. And you want to see how he bounces back from a struggle, right? You can't just be like, oh, the young guy's struggling, better put in the veteran again, you know? He has to learn that. and grow through, you know, oh, you had a bad Ar- game, okay, go and bounce back from that. Uh, sorry, uh, Nick Arbuckle is 27 years old, and McLeod Bethel-Thompson is 33 years old. Yep. So, I was so. pretty close there. I was off by oh. one year on Arbuckle. Yeah, well, Nick turns 28 on in October, so... Oh yeah, well there we go. Yeah. And then uh a banjo ball is already sold out, so good news there. And then we'll jump into the next story. Oncreep, uh coming back from the LA Rams. Rather than going back to the riders like many would expect, Eric Moncrief signed with the Elks. What do you think of this, boys? Well, uh, Third Down Nation came out with an article about this today, and uh, apparently they, the Riders didn't make Derek Moncrief a serious offer, and Edmonton did. They're paying him $142,000 and a $20,000 signing bonus, and he's the highest-paid linebacker in the league now on a per-game basis. So it, was, it seemed like it was kind of about money, and that's what it came down to. And, uh, yeah, the, the more money won. There is- Sucks. There is zero loyalty. There is zero loyalty. It is all about money. And I think Saskatchewan kind of relies on player loyalty to try and offer them less money, which might be why a lot of players go to Winnipeg. We're willing to open up the checkbook. I was going to say, that's what happened with Willie Jefferson. Like that, but, That's basically what happened. Yeah, they, they wanted a hometown discount. And uh, apparently made a couple promises off the field that didn't come through, and that was yeah, that was that. Yeah, for me, I don't know what his uh, reason was. I assume it's money, obviously, but yeah, why would Saskatchewan not make a serious pitch for him? I know we haven't been bad at Sam, but I mean, Moncrief's like probably either the best or the second best Sam in the league when he jumps in. So I don't get why you don't give him serious offer to come back, but yeah, huge ad for the Elks, and Dom Davis is taking first team reps instead of Matt Nichols, who I proclaimed at the start of the year was washed. <laughs> what do you think the, of this, boys? Ever, <laughs> ever since the podcast has been a thing, you've proclaimed Matt Nichols has been. Bad. I was right. Let's <laughs> go. You're the type, dude. You're the type of guy who will literally be like, num- like, oh, the bell's gonna ring in three, two, one, and then like five minutes later it goes, and then you'll be like, one, got it. Damn, like, bro, no, so no, off no, the mark. No, that ain't me. Wrong. I said he right. was. 
No, I I said this year he was gonna be washed. Yeah, but and this year he so was washed for this year too. That it doesn't. Matter. I said he was a mid-tier quarterback <laughs> before, which was true. And now he I said he's gonna be washed. In the position to win the Grey Cup, and he would have done it himself if he didn't get oh, injured. Oh, I don't know about hey, that one. I stand hey, so strongly behind that statement. When I made my, uh, I made a graphic for the Grey Cup. And when Winnipeg won, and I included Matt Nichols in that because he definitely helped them win that great cup. I think he helped them get there, but he's not the guy who finished the dance. So, I mean, is what it is. But, yeah, he is officially washed as far as I'm concerned. It's the Don (laughs) Davis show again. What do we think of Don Davis coming back to being a starter? Well, that's what I'm wanting. Like, are we going to get the Don Davis of late last year, four interceptions in a game, or are we going to get the early Don Davis where he actually played really well? That's, that's what's going to be the, the, like the factors here. And it's, I mean, things don't change from Matt Nichols to Dom Davis. Like, sure. He can throw a bit deeper probably, but like the receivers, the line, the running backs, those are all the same. So it, I think he's still going to have a really tough time playing in Ottawa right now. Yeah, we're going to have to see. Um, just it's, it's so rough in Ottawa right now. It's so weird because the team got off so hot when they first, like, when they first started as an organization. And it seemed like they really knew what they were doing. And now that we're here, it's kind of like the wheels fell off. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like I said last time, I think it was last year, actually, they fired the wrong guy. Yeah, they did not keep, yeah, they should have got rid of Desjardins, absolutely. Yep, and they kept Rick Campbell, or fired Rick Campbell. It's like, yeah, like, what is Rick Campbell supposed to do? He doesn't have a quarterback, but, oh well. Hey, so, do you guys ever read, uh, Third Down Nation does this really cool article, and it's called Insider Talk? I do read it sometimes, yeah. So just we're on the Ottawa topic. One of the things one of the people said, and just for context, I guess, it's anonymous quotes from people around the CFL, players, coaches, personnel, executives, agents, like people that are involved. So One of the people said, Ottawa should trade for Jeremiah Mazzoli. I doubt Hamilton does it, but you never know. They're going to lose him or Dane Evans to free agency at the end of the year. I'm hearing those rumors too, so that would be interesting to see if they do that. Where else is he going to go, right? Everybody else has kind of got their ideas down, you know? Yeah. Well, and everyone's even got their kind of futures too. Like if you look at BC and Calgary, uh, I think Edmonton doesn't have a bad stable behind Harris. Like, yeah, like it's – Across the league, people are building already if they don't, like, yeah, everyone else has a starter, so that's, yeah, they gotta do something. Sure. And then, speaking of Ottawa, Montreal absolutely crapped on them in their own stadium, dropping 51 points compared to Ottawa's 29. So, we were kind of in the midst of this discussion, what does Ottawa do at quarterback? Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for now you put Dom Davis in, but you got to be looking around that league and seeing what you can get because it's even if you put Matt, like if you keep Matt Nichols and Dom Davis this year, you still need to look ahead. Where Matt Nichols is getting a bit older, I don't think Dom Davis is the youngest either, and it doesn't seem like he's your future guy. So yeah, they got to be seeing what they can get around the league for sure. Yeah, it's it's so weird, but it's like you just got to blow up the team and start fresh. But like, I don't know. It seems like they almost did that, but they hit the wrong detonator. They fired the wrong guy. <laughs> yep. So 
yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I really don't know when it comes to Ottawa. I know, me neither. I think Ottawa is the ultimate enigma. Uh, but for me, I am calling. If I'm Ottawa. I'm calling either Calgary or Hamilton, and I'm asking, hey. What's the price for Jeremiah Mazzoli, or in Calgary's case, Jake Mayer or Michael O'Connor? And seeing what those guys are priced for. Because you could, I know BC's already got one, you could build a tree of Canadian quarterbacks, especially with the Scouting Bureau's top 20 being released for the start of the year. Uh, We will be covering that eventually. James is just in the middle of his... uh, training camp here so i haven't been able to record a video with him yet trey ford of waterloo is a canadian quarterback that's out this year number nine on the top 20 list so if maybe ottawa's playing that game where it's like okay we're gonna build off canadian quarterbacks we're gonna trade for michael o'connor or sign him in the offseason and draft trey ford and go from there but if they don't do that, I think uh, you got to go with Mayor or Mazzoli because the guys that you have aren't going to get it done. And then I did not put this in the document. I swear, boys. Uh, yeah, there, I there is a Dom Davis greater than Matt Nichols sign, which I approve of. <laughs> uh, we oh, all yeah, have then, to see. And then Montreal's... Now- oh, wait. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, just kind of comparing, like, okay, Matt Nichols played nine games in 2019 through 1,900 yards, 15 touchdowns, five picks. Dom Davis played 17 games, 2,200 yards, five touchdowns, 14 picks. So, I mean, I, I could see why they were going after Nichols. I mean, no one's going to predict that this season is turning out the way it is, but just... Matt Nichols might not even be that bad. It's just he's had some really bad luck this past year. Straight up, they should have just kept Arbuckle because they signed him oh, yeah. and then they cut him for Matt Nichols. And it was like, yeah, exactly. why? I got mad about that because I thought that was a dumb mistake. But hey, again, I was right. But whatever. Uh, So Montreal's offense was on fire this week. Do you think this is kind of the real them or is it just because they're playing Ottawa? Well, I think like I think this is what they can be if they just like relax and play a good game. Like Vernon only had to throw eighteen passes, but he got four touchdowns. So he played good. You know, Stanback had over a hundred yards. Their receivers played a lights out again. Like if if they just play consistent like that, like they could be top two to three teams in the league easily. But it's just the consistency. That's what they need to work on. I mean, Montreal's offense was on fire, but I don't like their defense giving up 29 to any form of an Ottawa red black offense this year. Yeah, like, that's fair. I, I think their defense is going to really hold them back if this is what they're doing. If you have to rely on your team scoring 30 plus to beat Ottawa, dude, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's Cause, true. Because it, 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 it happened with Winnipeg. Winnipeg's like the opposite problem. Because the defense had a bit of a snooze fest against Toronto the second time they played them, and the offense wasn't able to keep up for them. Yeah. For me, Montreal just needs to be more consistent because someone took issue with our power rankings. I won't say who. Uh, It was just a player on Montreal, I'll say that. Uh, 
And the reason we have them where they are is just because I don't know what to expect week to week for Montreal at this point. Because, you know, yeah, they, they basically treated Ottawa like they were a flag football team uh, with the Armando Sewell touchdown. But for <laughs> me, um, yeah, like the, the two weeks before that, they were really struggling and looking bad. And so I did. It's a shame they're not playing this week because I just wanted to see how they'd build off of, you know, this huge game. But they go into a bye, so we don't get that opportunity, which sucks. But for me, Montreal many, is just a wild card at this point. How many buys are there? Like each team get two or three this year? Oh, I'm not sure. You'd think it Actually, would be two with now. a shortened schedule. Okay, so it is two, but like Montreal has their bye week this week. They had one in week one too. Like they're Ouch. done after this week. They are just gung ho for the rest of the year. Okay, good because when they're on, they're a fun team to watch. So that oh good. yeah, and then we will jump into the Labor Day Classic, which the rare schlacking by Winnipeg occurred. The Bombers downing the Riders twenty three to eight, and Let's go. This was definitely a. Uh, not a fun game to watch, but we had a fun time because this was Carter's first Labor Day. So, Carter, first talk Labor about Day. your weekend. Not just the game, the weekend experience, too. <laughs> your experience, Regina. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, to start, me and Brandon, who is uh, the guy behind the scenes for us here, uh, we drove in from Winnipeg and, we, yeah, got to the Got to the hotel, had a couple of issues at the hotel, but nothing to ruin the vibe. And then uh, got the boys together, did some mini golf, yep. went to the game where like 99% of the Ryder fans were great. Of course, you're going to have those drunk people, but the fans were really good. Um, got super drunk, like super drunk. Um, after that, had a lot of Burger King because it's cheap. So if you're looking for a cheap, good meal, it's like $5. You get two burgers, fries, and a drink. Um, But yeah, no, it was a really fun time. Um, Again, Winnipeg able to pull out the rare win. So knowing how rare that is to be at the game when it happened was very, very nice. For sure. I had a great time oh. that weekend. That was so fun. Taylor didn't get to meet us, but we'll have to post some photos up on well, Instagram. Well, we've met before, but yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, though, Carter. Mm. Honestly, and you're, yeah, honestly, which stadium's louder? Um, here's what's tough about that type of a question. When you get to be as loud as both stadiums are, it's almost incomparable without a machine. That's fair. It's just, it is very loud all the time. And I, I'll say that it was very loud. Like, you know? Oh, that's totally, yeah, that um, makes sense for sure. But again, I will say on a regular basis, like I would say Saskatchewan, but when, when Winnipeg is at a full house, whether it be a playoff game or Banjo Bowl or just a game against the Riders, because that's what people in Winnipeg really want to see, that's when it gets to be like the loudest in the CFL. So I think at its peak, I, I saw a post about it where it's like at its peak, it's Winnipeg, but consistently it's Saskatchewan. 
Hmm. I'd say that's accurate. I'll take that. (laughs) And I don't know if we want to go over this next point or not. Do we want to talk about the officiating in the last game? I mean, we can touch on it quickly. I don't think we need to go in depth, though. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt it was super brutal and weird with the random reversing of an offside call. That was kind of strange. Yeah, uh, that kicker penalty too. The soccer level flop was unreal there, and I know Brandon's a soccer fan, but I'm not, so I can say that. But but he, yeah, like you know, I think both teams. I mean, the Riders had ten penalties against them, and uh, Winnipeg had nine. So it's like both teams were playing kind of chippy. But the way that they called that game, yeah, just some of the calls just didn't seem like like let them play football. Yeah, it's like you know you're talking about yeah the kicker wasn't like. The kicker walked into somebody, and I mean, honestly, fair play to the kid, because try to win in every way, but the yeah. fact that it was called was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Caleros, they've kind of, I saw a post again on Twitter um, where people like are talking about the CFL this year specifically, they've kind of set the benchmark where it's like any sort of like helmet, like face mask grabbing, even if it's really light. If it's at a quarterback while he's got possession or while he's throwing or something like right after, they'll call it. So the fact that they didn't call this one was really, really weird. Keep in mind, it was reviewed, too. I don't know what was happening. Yeah, exactly. Like that. It just, yeah, really odd officiating for that game. Yeah. And the command center overturned a very obvious offside with I think it was Dembski. That was super weird, too. It was just. No, I don't know what was going on. It felt like someone was no, just shaking what, a magic eight ball there and just seeing what happened. What happened with that, the way that my brain interpreted that, was that the very first play, because there were like three back-to-back penalties, and then like two of them got, well, like all three of them got wiped. And the reason for that was because the riders declined the first one. They said instead of having it be second and 11, they'd rather have it be third and six. Yeah. But the, but the refs thought they accepted it. So oh. they play through another flag, play through another flag. Since there hasn't been an official play yet, they realize that they screwed up and they're <laughs> not scrubbing an actual play off the board. So they're allowed to go back and change it. Yikes. That's crazy. That, that's Bush so, League right there. It is. But uh, that's that's what like from TSN. I believe that was TSN's um, explanation of it. And yeah. while I kind of get it. First of all, just don't get it wrong the first time. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You're supposed to be a professional ref. Yeah, these the are entire, professional the entire officials. Sideline. It wasn't even just the ref. Like it doesn't wasn't even just the coach. Like the entire Saskatchewan side was like, guys, we said no. True. Like, yeah, there are some was... bad. There are some bad penalties that. Anyways, like, let's let's move on. Speaking we of we were penalties, gonna... there were a lot that were not on the refs. The riders. Oh, their continued discipline issues and lack of offense. Is this going to continue into next week? Well, it it just it's. I don't think it's going to be a big factor next week. But the Riders are just playing undisciplined ball, and maybe it's just because they've only played at home. But like it just, I, it just doesn't seem like the discipline's there that it needs to be. And uh, like I think, I mean, this is a preview of later, but. I think they're going to get a rude awakening this week and uh, they'll tighten up after that. But yeah, it's, it, it just, it's not going to work out in your favor anytime when you get 10 penalties. Wait, Sask has, Oh my God. Sask hasn't played an away game yet. Yeah. yeah it's no, been we all haven't. at home. Huh? And this is like, we played this one in Winnipeg and then we're back home against Toronto. Like we're, 
they stuck it pretty home heavy at the start of the season for us. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that I have a, I have a couple of weeks after, um, after the banjo bowl where they play away the bombers. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it gets tough because, you know, I don't live in Winnipeg anymore, so I got to drive in anyways, moving on. Yeah. For me, I just, the discipline issues, they were supposed to be addressed a while ago and they clearly weren't, uh, I wonder what the veterans are doing on this team that they're letting this continue. And the lack of offense, I think that'll get fixed. Uh, Most teams come out sloppy after a bye week, so look for that to definitely improve. And then on to the next game here. The Ticats built off a strong performance and defeated the Argos 32-19. And so is Dane Evans, like, the de facto starter now going forward? Well, I mean, you can't pull him at this point. He's won you two games in a row. Like, maybe if he has a sloppy game coming up this week, you make an excuse and say, we're going to see what happens. But, uh, like, they're, Hamilton's playing really good ball lately, and it doesn't include Brandon Banks. So, like, they're not – it's not the same thing. Like, it's just they look good, and it's kind of – I think the Hamilton people thought – was Hamilton, and if that's what Dane Evans at the helm, then that's what Dane Evans at the helm. Yeah, I mean, even if he loses this game, I I can't imagine they put Masoli back in. Like, if I was a Hamilton fan, and that's like, and that happens, I'd be losing my mind. I'd be so upset. But, yeah, for me, I think controversy's over. Uh, Dane Evans won the job and is keeping it, but who knows? We'll have to see with them, but. For me, I'm definitely Team Dane right now. And did the unexpected bye week caused by Edmonton's COVID outbreak hurt Toronto in this game? Well, it uh, it sure seemed to have because they just like, I mean, they put up four points in three quarters. Like that's, you're not going to win a football game ever if you're doing that. So yeah, they just, they couldn't, they couldn't get the ball moving with Nick. I don't think they're going to put McLeod in, but they... John White too, sorry, is just he's not he's not working out at running back. He's had a couple good plays, but they need to rotate DJ Foster in more, like play as a dual back so they can actually get their ground game going because that's been a huge inconsistency with them. I like that. Didn't they do the dual back against us when they won? Yeah, they did. Yeah. And even oh. like even this week they put sorry, I just they like they threw the ball to DJ Foster and he had forty yards and like John White had thirty two yards rushing. So <sighs> they're kinda doing it, but they need to do it more on the ground too, so they have that dual threat. Yeah, agreed. Why... Oh yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, just why why go away from what was giving you success? Exactly. Yeah. And I gotta say with John White, uh I just I don't know. He's just been so injury prone throughout his career. It might be catching up with him. So maybe you do have to bring in DJ Foster a couple times so White can get fresh legs. But for me, uh, the bye week definitely did hurt them. I thought they looked uh, kind of sloppy as well in this game with some plays. But yeah, I think that definitely had a negative impact on the Argos. And then let's jump into the Elks here. Uh, Bye week, weirdly enough, did not hurt them. <laughs> uh, they dropped 32 points on the Stampeders at McMahon. 32-20, to 20, boys. So, 
Is Edmonton legit or a pretender? And I guess the same question can be asked of Calgary. Well, I think Ed, like this is kind of what Edmonton thought people should be, and they were down some people this week too. So, like it was nice to see James Wilder having like a dual thread game. It was awesome to see Trevor Harris ball out for four hundred yards and four touchdowns. And like, like I said, like this is how they should be. So I just we'll see going forward if it stays consistent. Their defense needs to keep up, and they did for mo. I mean, you, you know, you let up twenty, but other teams have let up a lot more so uh and then with calgary like bo's gonna be back in a week or two probably because of this like they're losing they're not gonna they can't keep losing so i'm sure they're gonna get better not that jake Mir's bad but they're just they'll they'll get a little more consistent with their victories yeah i mean you can't really say if calgary is legit or not right now just because yeah they don't have their legit quarterback no disrespect they just don't um yeah in terms of edmonton i think edmonton is kind of trying to show now that they're they're one of the real ones because like i mean even a full strength edmonton i wasn't gonna put them above winnipeg or saskatchewan but like i think a really solid playoff contender is a good spot for edmonton right now and i think they're starting to showcase that yeah, for me, I was watching specifically Trevor Harris, and it looks like he's woken up a bit, and he's starting to throw dimes again. So, oh yeah, for me, that's a huge step in the Elks being legit. And like you guys mentioned for Calgary, uh, they don't have their main guy at quarterback, so I feel like we can't say if they're legit or pretenders. They've been competitive in the games they've played, so... I'm leaning towards their legit, but at the same time, let's wait and see till when Bo gets back. And then is that third spot in the West behind Saskatchewan and Winnipeg, uh, anybody's race to win? Well, I mean, it, it kind of seems that way. Like Calgary's fallen behind, but it's, it's one game they're behind right now. It's not like it's really bad. So, uh, no, like, yeah, Edmonton and BC are tied. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think Saskatchewan and Winnipeg are going to battle for first in the West all year. And, yeah, it's just it'll be a dogfight between the other three to get into the playoffs and get that third spot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, do you guys think there's going to be a crossover this year or no? I actually think there won't be a crossover this year. Yeah, I'm going to say no, too. I think the East is going to, like, Toronto, Montreal, and Hamilton will put up more wins than let's say BC this year, I think. Yeah, like Hamilton's say... starting to wake up. Toronto's yeah. good. Montreal's good. So I think, you know, chances of a crossover are less this year. Fair. I do think, however, a reason for that might be the shortened schedule. Also true. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but, I yeah, again, I think that if I were to say a team right now was going to finish third, I would go Edmonton. Same here. But yeah. But you could tell you could make a strong case for Calgary and BC. Also true. Yeah. BC's been quietly doing all right. So they're also in that race. So let's jump into our power rankings that caused a little bit of controversy. So for me, Bobber's uh, obviously number one, they beat Sask. Number two, Sask. I have Hamilton at three. I think they're legit and they've woken up and they're playing like everybody expected them to. 
Uh, same goes for the Elks at number four. I got Calgary at five. Like I said, I still think they're a competitive team, but they're not, you know, uh, with the elite teams. Montreal, again, they were excellent against Ottawa, but I don't know what they're going to be week to week. Toronto at seven. They just look really bad this week. Uh, BC at eight because, well, they just, I don't know, they beat Ottawa, but they've struggled in some other games. And lastly, the Laval Rouge or just kidding, it's Ottawa. <laughs> it's a close tie, though. It's a close tie. Yeah. <clears throat> for my, uh, yeah, for my power rankings, Winnipeg gets the first place spot for kicking uh, Saskatchewan's butt this weekend. Uh, Sask will fall down a spot to second. Uh, Hamilton, you know, two in a row. They've been playing well, looking like the Hamilton we all thought they kind of were going to be. So they get the third spot. Uh, Edmonton, they're moving up as well. So they're going to take number four. And Montreal at five. Uh, you know, I, I struggled with this today looking at it, but it's just their defense has to let up or let, like stop getting scored on. That's my thing. And yeah, consistency. And then Toronto, Calgary. BC and Ottawa like it's Toronto I think is in a little better shape than Calgary right now they're just I don't know if they're gonna catch up in that way that we talked maybe getting that crossover and then uh, yeah just BC and Ottawa just BC needs to do better and Ottawa is Ottawa right now unfortunate but yeah true (laughs) um so I've got Winnipeg in first I've got Sask in second even though they just had uh, even though they just played, still very good to be a Prairie team, and it's been that way since week one, and mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got Hamilton in third, Edmonton in fourth, and look at that. It's like our all of our top fours are the exact same. Um, I got Montreal five, Calgary six, Toronto seven, BC eight, and Ottawa is stuck in the basement until they can prove otherwise. <laughs> Fair enough. That's it. And then let's jump into CFL Fantasy. We'll do our best positional options. So at quarterback, I got Michael Riley for $10,410. Zach Kalaros for $8,072. And Jake Mayer at $7,208. Let me just say, all the quarterbacks are ridiculously priced. Yep. Compared to years past, whoever's running this. if you went with Fajardo, Harris, Riley, Arbuckle, Evans, oh, is injured, so we're going to exclude him. That's five quarterbacks that are a quarter of your salary. That's ridiculous. He used to be like the best guy was, you know, maybe there would be like three guys as quarterbacks who would be worth 10000 Now it's five. It's just, I guess there's some inflation there and the cap isn't moving. So for me, it's just a little strange. Yeah, it's been yeah, I just it's been tough to build a team. I just want to say that. Like I you have to kind of skim that like if you go for a big quarterback like that, if you're not going for a Jake Mayer, you yeah, you gotta you gotta skim somewhere else. So it's it it's affecting. It kinda sucks. True. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't really know. You guys are more inclined on the fantasy thing than I am, so I'm gonna defer to you on that. But Yeah, it didn't used to be that bad, but I don't know, the prices have been increasing over the years for whatever reason. So let's jump into our running backs. Uh Andrew Harris at 
$10,569. We got James Wilder Jr. at $8,628. Kadeem Carey at $8,053. Shaq Cooper at $5,614. And Sean Thomas Erlington at $5,689. And then for receivers, I got Lucky Whitehead at $8,025, Kenny Lawler at $7,910, Darrell Walker at $7,472, Josh Huff at $5,918, and Javon Katoy at $4,058. And then if you're going to pick a defense this week, which actually I am right now, uh, I'm picking the Lions defense at $3,200. Let, let me just say something here. Uh, uh, sorry, the wide receivers, you didn't say any of mine. I got uh, Darvin Adams this week. Ooh. All right. At 69.19. I just uh, got some, you know, I like I said, I, I don't have a good feeling about this game, and I am, hope I'm wrong for the rider's sake, but I feel like we're going to get shellacked a bit. So Darvin Adams seems like a good target. And I have Mike Jones for Edmonton at 48-44. He's uh, had a decent game last game, and he seems like a consistent target for Trevor Harris, so it seems like a good pick. Fair enough. He's a bit of a sleeper, uh, Mike Jones. just I think he's that boundary wide receiver, so game to game, you never know what those guys are going to do. But, uh, well, let me just say, week one, four points. Week two, 12. Week three, 11 week five 20 so he's he's not doing bad like he's he's getting True. better and let's jump into our value picks uh dj foster at 3500 drew Otarski, who i thought looked really good at 3480 nate bahar at 2916 tim white at 2500 and paul mcroberts who is not in the game for some reason they took him out but He'll probably be back in for the Riders at 2500 I want to add one just All for right. fun. If you want to get really risky this week, Justin Davis. Oh, yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa Red Blacks. He's only 3500 and he could be their starting running back, or they've just been swapping so much, so you never know if you want to get really risky with it. True, that's actually a good one. <laughs> and then for locks, uh, I picked Josh Huff because... I like my consistent receivers, and this year he's been as consistent as they come. He's been like my Braylon Addison this year. Rip. Oh, man, when is he coming back? That'd be a good one. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> my uh, my lock this week is Mike Riley. Uh, they're playing Ottawa this week, and it's at 8 o'clock at night in BC, so Ottawa's traveling across the country. So it's going to be really late for them, and I think it's going to have a big factor. They're going to be sleeping, and Mike Riley's going to be awake chucking bombs there. So I think he's Smart. a good pick this week. Smart. I'm going with a different quarterback. I'm going with Zach Galeros this week because I just think with how well he was able to play in Saskatchewan, now that he's got the fans on his side, because this year is actually going to have more Manitobans than normal. Um, there's not as many Saskatchewans making the drive to uh, to Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl this year. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, unless there's a big monkey wrench thrown in there, I think he's going to have a better game than he did last week, and last week's game was already pretty good. 
Oh yeah, I agree with you for sure. Fair enough. And for Pickham, uh, I actually updated the rankings. Somehow I'm the only one below 500. I've got Hamilton <laughs> beating. I got Hamilton beating Toronto, and because these guys like to split, I've got Sask beating Winnipeg, uh, Edmonton beating Calgary, and BC beating Ottawa. Well, uh, we're a little different this week. I got Toronto beating Hamilton. Uh, I wish I could say the Riders are going to win this week, but uh, I think Winnipeg's going to take it. Uh, Edmonton's going to win this week, and BC's going to beat Ottawa. I've got Toronto. I think that Toronto has shown that they can, uh, they know what to do after they see a team once, so I think they're going to be able to win the rematch. I've got Winnipeg. I'm really excited, and I really hope that I'm right on that. That's all I have to say on that. Um, and then, <laughs> like you guys, I got Edmonton and BC rounding out the week. That's fair. Uh, I just realized our game time queue section isn't ready, so we're just going to have an open discussion about what we think about these games. So, rematch cool. of Hamilton and Toronto. What do we think is the story for this one? Uh... It's it's gonna be let's say it's gonna be that dual effect run game like DJ Foster mm. I feel like is gonna have a really big game and uh, maybe John White he'll be more like the backup to him but I think yeah like the oh. run game for Toronto is gonna be good. You know what hot I mean? take you think he's gonna be the DJ Foster show? That's all right. Oh yeah, I like it. And then Sask versus Winnipeg for me this is just a matter of does Saskatchewan's offense show up. Uh, this game or do they continue to struggle i don't like the word show up in this situation i'd rather hear them i'd rather say rebound because mm. i don't i wouldn't call saskatchewan's like offense bad by any stretch even with the poor showing because everybody's gonna stumble at some point so just do they rebound effectively or not which i don't think they do this week i just yeah it's this is the most hostile territory you can go into and it like we're the most hated team in Winnipeg. You know what I mean? So like it, yeah, it's, I just, I don't think it's going to work out in our favor. What do you guys think? Um, I mean, I'm going for Winnipeg oh, this, uh, this weekend. I, yeah. It's, sorry. Yeah. Let me rephrase. Do you think it's going to be a shellacking? Like Winnipeg is going to destroy Saskatchewan? No, I think it's actually going to be closer than the Labor Day classic was. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. That's a hot take, in my opinion. I Regard, regardless of which team wins, I think it's going to be less than 15. And if it is, then yeah. the Bombers have tiebreaker. So I hope that even if Sask uh, wins, I won't be too upset. <laughs> if it's I hate that I agree, but it's like, yeah. Um, and then Ottawa versus BC. Uh, I guess this one is, if Dom Davis starts, which Dom Davis do we see? Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to be his fault, but that whole team's going to just be tired and not play well. Like, I mean, dang, I'm just looking at his fantasy points. So, like, he threw two picks, but he still had almost 16 points. Uh, yeah, yeah, like 16 points. So, I mean, even that's that's not too bad the way the quarterbacks have been going this week. So, yeah. you never know in fantasy-wise, but I don't think he's going to do enough to get them to W for sure. Yeah, no. I mean... Uh, it's just, I think Ottawa is just like throw the year in the garbage. Like, yeah. and it's weird. It's weird because you look at the East and Ottawa's not really in a standings basement. They're one game back from everybody yeah. else. 
but it's like it just feels like it's already a lost cause. Yeah, it feels like they gave up already, which is kind of sad, but true. And then let's go to our COVID activities, I guess. Hold on, you skipped Calgary Edmonton. Oh, did I? Oh, whoops, my bad. All right, what do we think the narrative is for the Battle of Alberta (laughs) 2? I think Edmonton is going to have a really good game, and Calgary's going to struggle. Like yeah, it's it. I think I think it could be a shellacking. Like that could be the shellacking of the week. I think that you're right on that one. Yeah, I think this Just could be Ed- the Elks coming you know, out party. They look good last week. Now they're back at home. They're going to be healthy. They got probably some bodies back from this COVID thing because they had four or five guys out. Like yeah, uh, took them a month and a bit to uh to get it all together because everybody like um thought that week one was going to be the the uh Edmonton Elks coming out party, but it looks like it's going to be now. Yeah. And we talked about the Ottawa vs. BC already, so let's jump into our COVID activities. Uh, I guess I got to do mini golf with Carter and Brandon and another friend. That was pretty wild. So that was my COVID activity. That was super fun. Good time. Good time. Well, I've been uh, with like my daughter's dance and my son's football and stuff. Been home and traveling in the city a lot. So I've just kind of been home and. getting back into south park quite a bit uh i mean everyone knows what it is but they're doing a thing on their instagram right now too where they're doing like the best episode breakdown and they're uh oh did we lose him i think we lost him oh no all right carter you do yours while we wait for taylor to come back uh for me i've been um i've been watching i've been getting back into the mcu very slowly i had some time off of work so i was able to watch um spider-man far from home and now i am beginning wandavision and i'm super nice. super excited about it saw the first episode and i'm excited to keep going i didn't i wasn't sure how i was gonna feel about it but after the first episode i'm really excited to keep going yeah it's a good show it takes a minute to start up like it basically any other show but when it hey, does sorry, I did promise I... it's good. Did I cut out there? Yes. Yes, you did. Oh, okay, I, I picked up mine, and so we'll. Cool. You can well, keep going with yours. I'll just say, yeah, it's South Park. Uh, they've been putting polls on their Instagram of the best episodes, so I've been watching the ones that are in the polls, and yeah, it's just been great. Such a great show. Awesome. And then, I guess that wraps up the show. Um, thank you for listening. Again, you can follow the show. On Twitter and Instagram at True North CF Pod and Facebook at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can also listen to the show on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I have been your host, Jimmy Leach. This is True North CFL Podcast signing off.